0: chapter seven of betty baird's ventures by anna hamlin weichel this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by holly jensen chapter seven betty in a pickle there exclaimed betty with a grand gesture as she stood off and gazed admiringly at fifty bottles of pickled cucumbers fifty bottles of betty's best brand at thirty-five cents a bottle cheap at that sorrowfully cheap but beautiful absolutely beautiful she turned to her audience of fellow admirers standing behind her her mother lois and in the background old shining katie chuckling with pride in her young missy with her ample arms akimbo her bandana bobbing and gyrating about like a red and yellow buoy in a choppy sea Katy continued, "Betty, there's a fortune—a neat little fortune—in that row. Some dense people might call them pickles, but we know pickles spell fortune. Yes, Missy, dat dey done do, done do, done dee marmalade. Oh, blessed Katie, In your simple, guileless language, you have given me another inspiration that will spell fortune—marmalade." Not Dundee, or as you wittily put it, Dundoo, but English Breakfast Marmalade. The kind, you know, Lois, that the little English girls always have in the nursery with the poor governess. And when they have smeared it all over their faces and are wiping their naughty, sticky fingers on the beautiful governess's only white gown, in steps Uncle John from India, and, and, to be continued in our next don't you think daughter that it would be well to see how these pickles go before you venture anything else asked mrs baird pleased and smiling but with a somewhat anxious eye on the long line of jars you need to get your market first mother catch your hair before you cook it that's not the business method of today. those pickles will make their own market as if any housekeeper even the dullest the most sordid could resist their charms why a sight of them would cure the worst dyspeptic i am only sorry now that i didn't make a hundred oh betty think of the worry of trying to dispose of a hundred bottles said lois a hundred sounds so much better a hundred the mere sound is thrilling a hundred bottles of pickles such pickles especially recommended for midnight feasts at boarding-school you ought to send miss leet a sample bottle laughed lois our grocer mr beach said he would take half a dozen on commission mrs ellsworth wants four bottles i don't like to sell to her but she insists on buying them selling to a friend betty looked dubious yes said mrs baird i don't like it either i always give a jar of everything i make to my neighbors just to be neighborly why not sell her to and give her to suggested lois betty is doing this to make money and she may give away too many besides mrs baird it's really doing mrs ellsworth a favor because you can't buy such things you remember you sent home to father a box of preserves and jellies when i visited you in weston and father said he would give anything if he could buy such delicacies that is very kind of your father mrs baird answered quite embarrassed during this conversation betty had been lifting the whole fifty bottles one by one and smiling in perfect delight as she examined the small symmetrical cucumbers i didn't know pickles were so lovely she mused positively fascinating such a delicious green lois dragged her away and together they ran upstairs where after making the beds and dusting they sat down to do a little figuring on the cost this had been an almost daily process since the day betty first thought of pickles lois sat down at the desk and taking up a pencil and paper and assuming a very businesslike expression began the real work bookkeeping you certainly must have a book betty and put down what was it miss spice taught us about accounts credit and debit i am not sure what she called them but they meant what you pay out and what you get in out and in would do as well no we must be businesslike i am sure it is credit but the debit doesn't sound right yes and there was deficit but let's not have that for it means what you lose and we won't lose no indeed cried lois almost paling at the horrid idea look i have found this dear little book cried betty handing lois a square book bound in marble boards lois puckered up her charming lips and wrote credit on several pages in a neat painstaking hand and debit on as many more i know it's not debit betty she said puzzled i can tell as soon as i see a word written down whether it is correct or not then why not be original we know what it means under debit we will put down all we sell under credit all it costs bottles vinegar commissions and so forth and gifts yes said betty irresolutely perhaps but it does look cold-blooded to put down the cost of a present yes it does lois answered let's call them by another name of course good idea now how would untasted sweets no that's horrid i know friendships offerings shortened to f o how much will the bottles and vinegar cost bet here is a piece of paper on which i was trying to figure out the cost of each jar betty answered and the two heads bent over the slip while she explained the maze of figures to lois the cucumbers were in your garden and cost nothing, Lois said at last. I think you ought to clear on your cork jars. Well, you ought to make... Lois worked away on the piece of paper a few minutes, while Betty sat in the window seat and watched her in suspense. You ought to clear... Lois stopped again and scrutinized her figures. Yes, 27 cents on each jar. 27 cents? perhaps it might be twenty seven and a half but fractions are hard yes and sevens are too well let's just say twenty five to be sure and then there will be no risk that's twelve dollars and fifty cents a dollar more than craig is making on his clams and it didn't take nearly so long cried betty in triumph they are not sold yet lois cautioned her they are as good as sold said betty confidently now let us read this splendid new book about automobiles the grocer sold seven bottles of the pickles betty gave mrs ellsworth four steadfastly refusing to accept pay for them and miss hunt two and the women's exchange took twelve bottles but said they couldn't possibly sell any more two weeks later betty stood before the array on the pantry shelf twenty five bottles she murmured twenty-five bottles of the best pickles ever put up for an unappreciative world's palate she heard her mother coming in and without turning she waved her hand towards the shelf they make quite a display don't they mother there are pickles and pickles and we have them she laughed but there was a suspicious tremor in her voice and she carefully kept her face turned from her mother as she hurried out to the veranda whistling bob white bob white to keep up her courage mrs baird followed her and put her arm around her waist "It's all right carissima said betty and she squeezed her mother in her young arms and tried to laugh you don't think i am such a poor businesswoman as to cry over a first well not failure but not exactly a boom in pickles was it anyway there's always literature sure and if people don't care for sours i can turn to sweets it will be like a soft answer turning away wrath or heaping coals of fire to give the world preserves after it has scorned my pickles such pickles too a smile is better than a frown said her mother taking up her conceit and smiling betty laughed and kissed her mother then with a swing full of energy and still whistling she ran down to the gate i am going to walk down the shore and see my bob white she called back over her shoulder she ran until she came to a great fir tree that she and lois had selected for their favorite seat it seemed very tall and very straight but with curving branches the most sympathetically curved in the world of trees boughs that bent earthward and then swept towards the blue sky as if they would take up the girl and swing her into the mood of the robins that tilted on the delicate twigs betty dropped down on the soft moss under the fir the whistle ceased suddenly and a sob took its place she scarcely noticed the pleasant little brown figure of bob white her eyes could see only the long line of pickle jars i have tried and i have only made a dollar and 25 cents in literature and now i have cleared only a dollar and 85 cents on my pickles she burst out crying bob white started and fluttered away the fir tree sighed and poor betty cried on the tide came flowing in and with it came the fleet of clammers, their work interrupted by the rising water craig ellsworth sculled close to the shore near where betty sat hello he cried putting down his oar and forming a megaphone with his hands hello betty betty heard but she would not turn her head no she would not look at the successful boy with his boatload of clams while her pickles a big sob stuck in her throat and she rubbed her eyes energetically with the back of her hand she was too proud to have him see her cry over her failure hello there betty are you deaf craig called again betty kept her head turned away in a second craig had pushed his boat to the shore and leaped out on the dry rocks what's the matter betty are you sick he asked solicitously drawing near her oh it's you craig she said turning a suspiciously bright pair of eyes towards the lad had a good day she asked with attempted nonchalance bully got over a bushel that's good betty's voice showed an unusual lack of enthusiasm craig looked at her searchingly what's up betty or down in the dumps what do you mean asked betty defiantly with an i dare you to see that i cried look in her red-rimmed eyes oh nothing said the boy with elaborate indifference in some things he was wise beyond his years besides he looked up to betty as one who had to use his own expression brains to burn and he could not always treat her with the offhand manner he used towards other girls of her age to craig ellsworth born with a reverence for academic learning betty's three years at boarding-school and her remarkable knowledge of latin put her quite above the common run of girls why he had told his father with amazement betty baird can take up horace and read off one of those poems as if it were english even the superiority of being a boy could not wholly offset this profound and fascinating attainment now he was silent with kind though awkward pretense looking everywhere but at poor miserable betty i just hate people who pretend burst out betty with the quick injustice of one who considers herself a failure in the presence of one who has succeeded and she whirled around and began walking rapidly towards the house craig stood rooted to the spot why what had happened to betty baird betty who was always in his eyes as free from vapors and cranks as the best boy what had he done to her he gazed after her for a second then walked slowly towards his clamming scow the unwitting fly in the ointment of betty's success or rather lack of success betty turned and saw the dejected droop of the lad's head and with characteristically quick compunction she ran swiftly back forgive me clamor boy i was horrid i know you were trying to be kind when you pretended not to see that i was crying i was crying i was almost screaming when you came up there the clamor boy was visibly embarrassed he was not at home with emotions especially girlish ones not being able to think of a remark suited to the occasion he plunged his hand into his trousers pocket drew out his knife and began to scalp the bark off the tree don't hurt my tree objected betty snatching the knife from him and shutting the blade with a snap the lad was immensely relieved they were once more on familiar grounds he tried to take the knife from betty and in the tussle their normal and recognizable relations were restored after all he thought there was no nonsense about betty baird she wasn't a crybaby and she didn't confuse a fellow by mysterious erratic ways when the struggle ceased craig had the knife and betty was sitting breathless on the ground clamor boy presently said betty solemnly and her voice took on a deeper note i am a failure oh no no he protested yes a failure i have twenty-five jars of pickles left on my hands tragedy could go no further the clammer boy understood now the meaning of those red eyes and quivering lips he knew what it would mean to him to have his clams left on his hands Jiminy was all he could say but betty felt comforted and brightened at once i am not discouraged she assured him i am going in for preserves now bully for you you have grit i was mad said betty i was mad because you had clams and i had pickles only you could sell your clams while i had overstocked on pickles i could n't help that why were you mad at me I didn't do anything to keep your pickles from selling answered the boy with a boy's logic oh well you would understand if you were a girl but a boy boys can't understand anything unless it's printed right out in front of their eyes here comes lois evidently mrs baird and she had been talking over the predicament for her look was very sympathetic throwing her arm around betty's shoulder she gave her little caressing pats Betty shook her head, and Lois understood that she meant she could not stand being pitied. Let's all make fudge, Lois proposed. It's cool enough with this north wind. Anyway, we can make it in my chafing dish. Let's agreed. Betty, bully, Craig chimed in. The three dashed towards the house. End of chapter seven. Recording by Holly Jensen.